Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday is October the 4th, 2020. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. We're going to dig into an episode today talking about yo-yo dieting. And specifically, we're going to dig into three like fat loss or I guess kind of weight maintenance skills that can help you hopefully kick the cycle of yo-yo dieting forever. And we're going to be playing off a piece um, from my homies over at PN, over at Precision Nutrition. Uh, Julie Malikoff, I believe, put this original one together. And we're going to chop it and slice it and serve it to you in a way that makes sense, hopefully. Uh, but before I kick into today's episode, we are brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. If you guys obviously follow my Instagram stories, you know uh, the Beam CBD is what I take every single night before I go to sleep. I've been taking CBD for probably about two years uh, at this point. Uh, I'm a fan, obviously, for multiple reasons. I do think there is some uh, inflammation benefits to it, but for sleep, it has been the biggest one. Obviously, for a lot of you guys, I know 2020 has probably been the year of erratic sleep or more stress and just not uh, feeling the same or not feeling quote-unquote normal like, like we typically do. I don't know who anybody who can. You got to be basically like a, a robot, you know, AI serial killer to feel normal in this season of life. But uh, my homies at Beam, I actually have a ton of the products here. So if you guys are interested and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not sure, I think I have some of the Dream uh, capsules I could even actually just uh, send out to you guys. But we get 20% off from those guys always and forever. I can shoot you the link. I'm happy to do that. I will say I've had the, the best restorative uh, sleep and, and the deepest sleep, even during this, when my brain is trying to go 19 different directions, uh, I do go to sleep and I stay asleep and I feel rested when I get up so I can be productive and do what I have to do. So if you guys are interested, I'm happy to hook you up with a link uh, to get you a discount on basically everything on their site we can hook you up with. I do take the Beam uh, the Dream product is what I've been taking specifically, and I've been doing just a tincture of pure CBD. My wife, actually, if you're watching on YouTube, takes this uh, fixer right here. It's a salve, and she rubs that on too. She finds it beneficial. I don't use it as much, uh, partially just because I'm lazy, uh, but I do like the tincture and the Dream product just for sleep. It has melatonin in there uh, and the theanine as well. Just all the things that naturally help you get to sleep, and I'm a fan of anything that's natural that's not packed with the pharmaceutical horseshit. Like, if you've ever taken the Ambien before, which I have, it's kind of like you're, you're half drunk and you're half high and you're half asleep and you're half awake. It really is a, a scary place to be. I, it, it baffles me, like, how things like Ambien are so easily just, like, given out uh, to people. I've never taken, like, a Lunesta or those things, but I've taken, like, I think even, like, a Tylenol, like, a PM or some of those, like, kind of over-the-counter sleep things. And it makes you feel really strange and really weird, almost kind of, like, groggy and hungover and just just not yourself and I don't know what's really going on in your body when you do that and you get none of that with the CBD products obviously from Dream and uh, that I've been taking so if you guys are interested hit me up I'm happy to share it with you always and forever my gift to you guys because it helps me and hopefully it helps you as well so before we kick into the straight podcast on yo-yo dieting and the things that are going to help you I found a, a post on my we're going through our groups today uh, trying to get our, our fasting group set up and uh, obviously having technical issues, which, thank you, 2020. Why would that not happen today of all the days? But uh, Facebook had sent me, uh, like, the memories that they do as we're kind of, you know, rolling in our groups. And this is a post. Uh, I did a podcast on it a long time ago. 
and it popped in my feet. I wrote this on this day, so October the 4th, um, back in 2017. And I'm just going to read through it here real quick. It's just a nice reminder uh, to anybody listening. Obviously, these podcasts are all fitness and they're not fitness. They're all connected. And I think at this point in time, this is probably one of the best things you could you know, read or, or listen to, rather. And it goes, and I quote, you're not here to just pay bills and die. And again, I wrote this back in 2017 and in three years, you know, nothing has really changed about how I think of this. You are not here to waste your life away in a cubicle working some job you hate. You are not here to worship cars, homes, clothes, and stuff you are surrounded by daily. You are not here to idolize famous movie stars, musicians, athletes, and insta-famous people on social media coveting everything that they have and you don't you're not here to just fit into what society your parents your friends and your boss thinks you should be you are not here to walk gently through your life fearing judgment rejection and failures for your choices you are not here to worry about things like job title annual gross income social class status and keeping up with the joneses You are not here to live in the past, holding on to mistakes, regret, and grudges from many years ago. You are here to live a fucking epic life. That's it. You are here to have fun. You are here to play. You are here to travel. You are here to love. You're here to hustle for happiness. You are here to grind for your goals. You are here to give back to others. You are here to walk around sexy and strong. You are here to spend time with those who matter. And at the end of the day, you're going to die. It's inevitable. None of us gets out of this alive. This is a certainty I can give you with 100% confidence. Uh, You might live another day. You might live another week, a month, a year, another 50 years, but eventually time is going to be up. And my wish for you is when that time comes, you can greet death with a high five and a big ass smile because you actually lived a fucking epic life and you didn't waste it worrying, wishing, stressing, and spending your 86400 on shit that didn't bring you joy, happiness, and fulfillment. And let me say it again, you are not here to just pay bills and die. You are here to live a life. So don't make the mistake of your life by not actually living one. It all starts right now with the 86,400 seconds you have. So go out and start doing the shit you want to do, the shit that truly matters to you and your heart. End quote. So again, I wrote that three years ago. I believe it it holds true just as much today, if not more so than ever, barring the season of life that we've all been you know thrust into here. Hopefully, the positive would be it forced you to slow down and maybe reevaluate your life and what you were doing and what's really important to you and and what you want to get done. And there's no right and wrong answer, you know, for all of us. Something makes each of us happy. Something drives each of us to do, you know, what we're supposed to do, what we're meant to do, what what brings us the most fulfillment. I know a lot of times if you don't work on yourself, and you don't really step back from a, and see it from a broader picture, you get lost in it. And I don't have the answer for you. I just think you should really take some time, whether it's each day, each week, each month to audit, you know, are your actions mapping 
you know, to where you want to go and, and who you want to be and what truly does make you happy. And I know it seems overly simplistic, but we spend so much time in our days doing stuff we don't want to do, that we don't like, that maybe isn't what we should be doing and isn't bringing us, you know, closer to our goals and closer to all the things that we want to do. And just, we're not enjoying every single day. And that's, I believe what the point of life is, is just to do shit you love with people you enjoy. And obviously we live in an economical world and we have to work. And But if you're doing something you like as a craft and providing value to people and you're having fun along the way and you feel safe and secure, I think that's life. I think that's, that's living a pretty good life and you're healthy and you're happy and you can run, you can jump, you can skip, you can move, you can cry, you can laugh, you can do all the super dope shit. We just get lost in the details. And I think a lot of people have... Now, in this season of life more than ever, because social media is so polarizing and we can see everything all the time, everywhere, and sometimes it makes you want the wrong things and chase the wrong things and maybe get lost in the shuffle of life, if you will. And I would just urge you not to do that um, because I want you guys to all have fun and play and travel and, and do the things that are truly important to you. And for some of you, that's driving a Bentley. Some of you, that's living in a, a 6,000 square foot house. Some of you, that's traveling the world. Some of you, it's, you know, working on your business. For some of you, it's becoming a doctor. For some of you, it's, you know, getting in the best shape of your life. For some of you, it's just enjoying nature or spending time with friends and family. And some of you can do all of it and some of you can only do parts of it. But just know what's really important to you. And you're not doing it for other people. You're not doing it because it's the thing you're supposed to do. You're not doing it because it's this chapter of your life you're just doing it because it makes you happy and that's it and uh hopefully you guys enjoyed that little rant uh which had nothing to do with today's podcast other than uh i wanted to share it because it's on my mind and uh it's important because i work with a lot of people here who are super successful in, in all areas of life and a lot of them have it most of it figured out and then some of them have just a piece of it figured out and some of them are completely lost you know, in what they're doing, even though from the outside world, it might look like they've reached this pinnacle of success, but they're just as confused as, as anybody else is. And I think that comes from us not really just answering the, the fundamental question, like what is going to bring me the most joy and happiness and value and fill my cup and be the best use of my talents and my time and what's going to, you know, create the legacy that I'm going to leave on this earth. And I think about that stuff all the time. I could make a lot of money doing other things, but I like this. I sometimes do things here that make less money, but I enjoy doing them. Or if I spent my time doing something else, I'd make more money, but I wouldn't be as happy. And I have a line that I draw there, obviously, because we you know, we pay people, we do certain things like it has to obviously create revenue for my life and what I'm doing, but I don't want to sacrifice all the joy and have it rob me of like inspiration and being motivational and being a good human and, and putting, you know, myself and my family and my friends and people we serve first just to chase dollars. So again, I don't know where you draw the Mendoza line there, but I just urge you all to be doing things you love every single day and working towards a life that really brings you happiness. So without further delay, we're going to talk about the skills that can hopefully help you guys obviously end the cycle of yo-yo dieting. And, and you know, c compared to losing weight, you know, staying the same weight sounds like it should be really easy. You know, you hear a lot of people say, 
quote unquote, just don't go back to, you know, what you were doing before. Seems pretty simple, right? Well, it, it often doesn't feel that way. In fact, you know, maintaining your progress for a lot of people might be even harder than dropping those pounds in the first place. And I say that because a lot of people get motivated to start when they have a, a short time frame. Hey, for, you know, 28 days, we're going to do this or 45 days, we're going to do this or 50 days, we're going to do this. And if you're not in great shape and you're not doing anything, just doing something is going to elicit a change. It's gonna, you're going to drop some pounds. You're going you're gonna to see an initial shift. It's kind of like beginner gains. If you've never lifted weights before and you start lifting for three months, you're going to make so much progress in those three months. But over time, it's going to be harder to maintain that progress and keep it and keep building on it. And I think it's true even if the people who don't crash diet, I think the people who really get into it for a major lifestyle change they, they get this initial drop or this initial, you know, shift in weight or, or shift in dress size or pants size. And then after 60 days, it gets really tough for them, you know, and, and what makes you good at losing weight doesn't necessarily make you good at keeping it off. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like what makes you good at losing weight doesn't necessarily make you good at keeping it off. There's different skill sets there. So, you know, Post-weight loss people often find themselves wondering, you know, quote-unquote, can I really keep saying no to ice cream forever? You know, can they, quote-unquote, say, what's my goal now? I don't have a goal. Because, that, again, that's that initial. When we run programs here, I, I try to make them not see them in just the day context. Like our 47-day transformation just wrapped up the other day. I try to get people to understand it's not just 47 days. Yeah, you're going to make an initial shift and they're jacked and they're motivated and they're in this group and everything is outlined for them every single day and we're spoon feeding them. But that's not realistic for the next 47 years of their lives for us to do that for them every single day. And again, I would do it. I just think I have a hard time selling a 47 year program. Although that's basically what we are really doing here. It's just hard to get people to click and buy that. So what I mean is, for those 47 days, they're motivated and they're jacked because they have a goal. You know, they can see a light at the end of the tunnel. But what if they don't have a goal anymore, right? Like, that's why I always say you have to always be auditing and learning and growing because this is something you have to do for the rest of your life. And you also hear the things when people have already reached a certain level of, of fat loss or weight loss. They'll say things like, and I quote, if I'm not trying to lose weight, but I can't go back to my old habits, what am I supposed to do? And that's why I always preach here habits over everything, not just, well, and I hear this all the time, well, once I get there, once I lose the weight or once I get in shape, then I'll just quote unquote maintain it. That tends to be a lot harder than that initial shift. But the good news is if you've lost weight, you do have the skills you need to maintain your weight, but those skills likely have to evolve. And that's what we're going to talk about here as we kind of roll through it. Like reaching your weight loss goal means you've mastered a set of skills. And the skills essentially that you've built, you know, a better health resume. And that consists of your practices and your experiences. And you can learn from them and you can build them as you go. And for example, a lot of you who have already made a shift, maybe you've, you've and again, this can go either way, whether you've gained muscle which most of you probably have if you're on a fat loss journey, weight loss journey, you've learned to maintain boundaries and avoid foods and situations that don't align with your goals. That's pretty much common sense, right? 
Like you understand there's certain boundaries and there's certain foods and situations that you have learned to control because they don't align with what you want to look like, move like, and feel like. You've also learned how to create, you know, some type of nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle habits that fit you individually. And that's why we try to, we create programs here, obviously, for the masses. But each person inside that program, they might do the same quote-unquote program, but we each do it differently. We don't always work out at the same time or eat at the same time or eat the same amount of meals or the same times each day. And we have different macros and setups. But if you've already been successful, you've created some habits that have got you there. And if you've already lost weight and made a transformation, you've learned how to stay with the discomfort of doing things differently. And you've learned how to sacrifice. You've learned a certain level of patience. And you've learned how to delay gratification. Those are key. And you've also learned how to consistently stick to a plan. Whether it was like super restrictive, super flexible, or somewhere in between, you've shown that you know how to consistently stick to a plan. So if you're listening to me out there, and you've ever finished any kind of program, or you've lost 10 pounds, or you've became stronger, you signed up for something, and you've been there for more than, you know, probably two weeks, congrats. Because you deserve some recognition. It's not it's not super easy to do, especially in the world today where we're so bombarded with everything and people are pulling at us from all angles, whether it's your kids or your boss or, uh, you know, friends and the, the social schedule or being stuck in traffic, you name it. So congrats to you guys for doing that. In in a world filled with, you know, I guess what you call like hyper palatable food and all the restaurants and options and drinks and the creations and how amazing we've made food and how out of control stress levels and the unlimited access to screens and changing your body and improving your fitness and health is not easy to do. It is not tough to do. I just had to talk with my wife the other day. Actually, yesterday when she was here in the lobby and we're just talking and she's super fit. And sometimes she contemplates like, what if I want to become ridiculously lean? Like just, you know, what I would call like stupid lean, right? I'm like, you got to give up a lot, man. You really do. I think she probably has one of the best balances of humans out there, for sure. I don't have any balance, clearly, as you guys know me and see me. I don't restrict myself from stuff. I mean, I guess I do by nature, but I don't, I don't feel that way. But it works with my personality type. That's why I say you have to know who you are and your personality. I don't have to go out and have drinks with people. I don't have to go out to restaurants so many times a week or so many times per year. Um, I'm pretty basic in what I do, and I'm pretty... Type A, I'm pretty robotic, but that's just naturally who I am. I like to control, you know, most of the ecosystems and environments I'm in. Now, we went out to dinner last night uh, with some friends. My homie, Mike D., uh, who's a gangster, uh, took us to his house. Beautiful place. Uh, super nice. Had food there, drinks there. Then took us to this, like, this super cool outdoor uh, restaurant, like, in the middle of nowhere, which crazy. I've never been here in Scottsdale. But uh, the point is, is, like, I have a couple of drinks, you know, I eat food that I wouldn't normally eat and I, I feel okay with it because I've, I've learned a set of skills and that, that happens, you know, so few and far between for us. And it, it's amazing and as fun as it is, those are things that we enjoy and we remember. I can't do that every single day because it's it's not in line with my goals and it's not, it, it's a slippery slope, right? Like once you start the avalanche, it tends to roll pretty quick. And so if you're a person who understands that it's give and take with everything.
And it's really hard to change your body and improve your fitness if you're really social, if you entertain for work, if you're always, you know, that person. It's really tough to always make a great choice. I always say when we go out to restaurants, and this is just a side note, get whatever their thing is known for, right? I mean, if you go to a pizza place, I wouldn't just order a salad. I'm going to get the pizza because it's the pizza place. Like, that's their thing. I can make a, a shitty salad at home. If you're going to a burger place, if you're going to, to, to a place that's, you know, famous for their fried chicken or their, you know, world-famous pancakes, get what they're known for, enjoy it, and then I say the suffering silence at home. But if, and again, I go out so infrequently, it's easy for me to kind of pick my spots and do that. Now, obviously, this year we've had less visitors than ever because of the, the pandemic stuff, and now we're finally getting people to come, you know, visit and travel more and do some things. And it is tough, and I do feel for you guys. It is not easy to change your body and improve your your health and fitness when you're always bombarded with the drinks and the going out and the entertaining because it's fun. It's amazing, and I get it. But understand, if you want to get somewhere, you're going to have to, to give up some things. And those of you who have done it, you understand that. But just getting there isn't the hardest part. It's maintaining it and then trying to make incremental progress along the way. And once you've reached your goal... The game changes, right? Like, you may feel like you don't know how to maintain that new progress. And maybe you don't know how to live your life without being, quote-unquote, on a diet. Or you, I guess I'll put it this way. You don't have to feel like you're on a diet, right, your whole life. In a lot of people, when they say, like, oh, I'm on a diet, it feels like it's overly restrictive and... They avoid their life. And that's not what I want people to get from this. I want you to find a lifestyle where you have a healthy balance. If you want to look a certain way, you got to give up certain things. That's just reality. And for a lot of you, I've talked about this before many times, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Don't give up your entire life just to have a certain level of body fat. If your fitness is stealing your fitness at that point, that's a problem. If by getting here, you give up everything, I don't think it's worth it. And a lot of people feel that way, like, well, I have to do this just to maintain it. And I don't think that's the case. But a lot of people do feel like, oh, I have to be on a diet or have to be overly restricted. And you feel afraid you're going to have to follow a rigid meal plan forever. You feel like you're going to have to track every morsel of food. You're going to have to weigh yourself every single day. You're going to have to constantly worry about your weight forever and ever and ever. And so why even bother? Well, the good news is, you know, Weight maintenance is a different game than weight loss, and you can learn to play a whole new game, just like you learn anything else. Weight maintenance means just adjusting your mindset, and your hard-earned skills accordingly can help you there. And so, the three ways to kind of evolve your skills for weight maintenance would be like this, right? Weight loss. Learning how to say no and setting boundaries. That's what weight loss is. Creating new habits and working towards a specific goal. And why does that work for weight loss? Well, it helps you avoid overeating and it helps you avoid trigger foods and it preserves your time and energy. And it also moves the needle to weight loss, feeling like it's exciting and it's fresh. And, you know, obviously as you're working towards a goal, it serves as a source of motivation and that's obvious. And weight maintenance, right? Like, why doesn't the the same weight loss skill work for weight maintenance? Well, because saying no all the time can become too restrictive. And nobody wants to do that. And you know what to do 
but it's no longer fun to do it, to keep saying no over and over and over again. And then your motivation becomes less tangible than when you're pursuing that initial goal, if that makes sense what I'm saying. And so when you're talking about weight maintenance, when you want to be there, you have to master moderation, balancing your yeses and nos. That's the biggest key for everybody. And only you guys can can draw that. You know how much you can get away with and what you can't. And you also have to be evolving your habits using, you know, I guess what we would call like a dial method, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And you have to really find your deep reason. And that's the key here. Of all the stuff I've said so far, you have to find a deep reason and regularly connect to it. That, my friends, is crucial. In this whole talk, I've rambled on for 25 minutes already. You have to find a deep reason and regularly connect to that. I always approach it from a health standpoint. Vanity will get you so far. Vanity matters. Your body's your business card. I get it. But I think when you approach it from internal versus external, you're going to be more successful over time. When you do it because you really want to be healthy and move better and feel better every single day and have a better immune system, have better skin, have better mobility, better joints, you know, all those things I think are going to lead to you looking the way that you want to, or at least close to it. I got people here that I've worked for for 10 years. And uh, some of them just now are really getting it. And that's crazy to say. I don't think it's a failure on my part that they didn't click before. I don't think it's a failure on their part. They just weren't ready to really mentally take that next step yet. Now, sometimes as we age, we realize, you know, father time is undefeated. And then we really start to take it serious. We really start to understand like, oh shit, I got really high blood pressure. Oh shit, you know, my kidney function or liver function or I'm getting arthritis here and, you know, maybe these habits, my sleep is a little bit rough and I'm not recovering as fast or I got a little bit of extra, you know, fat here that that's not only not what you want to see vanity wise, but it's not healthy to have on your body. And so it starts to shift from, I just want to look, you know, sexy at the beach to, well, I really actually want to be a healthy person. And I think if you can shift and have a deep enough reason, and it, it could be a million things. I don't know if it's, you know, you want to see your kids grow up or you want to be able to, you know, do things like hike the Grand Canyon or all these random things that are helpful. If you can have a, something that's deep, like you always want to be able to travel the world and not be in pain. You want to do hikes like, again, the Mount Rainiers or, you know, the, the Grand Canyons or Machu Picchu, like where being a healthy person is going to get you there. And then the byproduct is you'll look like a rock star. So the first thing I'll talk about is just the the skill of, of, of shifting from a place of no to sometimes yes. And saying no to every unplanned treat, sure, you can do it for a short period of time. But in the long term, saying no too often feeds into something we refer to as the challenge cycle, aka yo-yo dieting. As there's an illustration uh, PN did a long time ago, and it's essentially you sign up for like your 30-day fat loss program. That's the initial excitement, which leads to this period of like restrictive eating where you're giving up, you know, the beer and the nachos and the pizza, and you're eating the, the salads and drinking the kombuchas, and you're you're living my my normal life, right? And that leads to short-term success, which is amazing. But if it becomes too restrictive for too long, you return back to normal and you're back to the beer and the nachos and the crazy stuff. That's why I would say 
we always coach macros here. If it fits your macros, you can eat that stuff. And then obviously there's give and take of when you want to, you know, splurge and indulge. And it's a frustrating experience and it's pretty familiar to most people, even those who have lost a ton of body fat and a ton of weight. You have to change or restrict your diet in some way to obviously drop body fat and change your composition and transform. I think that goes without saying. So how do you break the cycle without regaining the weight? And you have to practice saying yes sometimes, but not always, okay? That's the key. You probably recognize it's it's a practice of moderation. And that's a really tough word, especially for a guy like me who is very type A, um, who I'm, I was like an all or, or, or no person for a really long time. It took me a long time to, and there are certain things that I'll never introduce back into my life. Um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, start picking up drugs and shit. I'm not going to start going back to, to chewing tobacco and all these other things that, you know, us young college, high school, college age kids would, would get into. Uh, and there was a long time where I would never drink at all. Like I'd never have a beer. I would never have like a whiskey. And I still, I tread super lightly around it, but now I can go have a beer or two and it's not a big deal. I don't have to have 20 beers anymore, but I'm an old man now. You know, when I was 25, it was zero to, you know, headbutting uh, people and peeing my pants. And now I'm, I'm beyond that. And so I slowly started to learn how to say yes and really pick my spots. And you have to do the same thing because when you understand moderation, when you can have some control over it, it can be a game changer. And for a lot of you, it's it sounds confusing. And it sounds, you know, maybe scary and hard when I say that. And like, well, Jeremy, if I do, it's a slippery slope. And I understand that. And if you're going to be a no for your whole life, then that's fine. There's some people like, if you never drink alcohol again, you'd be totally fine. It's not necessary for your life. You don't have to have it. And I, I use alcohol because there's a lot of people here who that's their that's their bugaboo, if you will. That's their vice that uh, it tends to, to hold them back because once they go and they get in the moment, like, I don't lose control anymore. I don't give my control away to drugs or alcohol or anything. Nothing has a hold over me. I'm in control of the decisions I make every single day. There's nothing that I am so addicted to. Uh, I have to give into it every day or every time I'm around it. Or if I say I'm going to have one, I have 10. Now, cinnamon rolls, <sighs> cinnamon rolls are a tough one and like crumble cookies and those things. But again, I, I don't, I, I buy like a, a couple and I have them and then I'm, I'm over it. What I mean is like when you're in the moment, my wife is, is more so that than me. I'll never be out with people and have drinks to where I'm really feeling it. And I'm like, I shift into the cyst. My wife will, will get a little bit looser, right? Like she's, she's way more fun than me. I'll put it that way. And uh, you'd rather have her at a party than me because I'm pretty lame. Uh, I, the Jeremy you see here uh, talking in the podcast is the same one that comes to a party because I just, I've really got a grip on the moderation of it. And it takes a long time to practice. And I bring that up because I want to walk through, you know, how to do it in, a, in an unscary way. So try this. Like what happens, you know, when you say yes? It, it's, it's a pretty straightforward process of trial and error. Now, it's going to be uncomfortable at times, you know, for a lot of you, but saying yes, when you'd normally say no, you know, because of the weight loss habits. So for some of you, and again, it's picking your spots. And that's, this is why I try to be like a normal human when I go places. Like maybe you say yes to eating birthday cake at a party. You know, maybe you say yes to, you know, having a glass of wine with dinner. Maybe you say yes to staying out late with friends when you really pick your spots. Maybe you say yes to actually skipping the gym, 
you know, of your, of your lifting day and go out and doing something fun, like going for a hike or going paddle boarding or, or riding bikes, like really just making the most of the moments and only, you know, where that line is, but just that little pride again, not saying yes all the time, because doing any of this too often, you're likely going to end up, you know, regaining all the weight that you lost and you're going to be rolling back into your old bad habits. But for a lot of you listening, I don't want you to live this mutant type lifestyle. Like, a lot of the things I say no to is because I want to say no to them. I don't feel like I'm missing out, but a lot of you do feel like you're missing out. So I do believe learning how to say yes over time is an important skill. And you really just have to know in moderation you're saying yes. Just like you wouldn't drink, you know, five glasses of wine every single night, you wouldn't say yes to every single thing that comes your way because that's not what got you there. But at some point you have to really go from like, okay, I'm all in and I'm never going to do anything to well, here's how I slowly integrate these things into my life. And here's the things that are really important to me and I want to do. And here's the things that I don't need to do anymore because they're not serving me and they're not really that fun. And I was only saying yes to appease other people. And that's why I say, know who you are and know what makes you happy. And always, you know, put your mask on first. And don't just say yes to every happy hour because your friends want to do it. It's okay to skip a couple if it's not in line with your goals and what you're doing. Because there's always types of experiences that are going to bring, you know, fun to your life that you enjoy and that were so worth it. And, you know, you, you can't avoid them completely. And if you do, you're going you're to feel like you're missing out. And then you're going to end up sliding into the that challenge cycle, the yo-yo, over and over and over again. So just experiment with saying yes. And each time, you know, write down what happens when you did. How did you feel? What do you do it again? Why or why not? What did you learn? And you follow that practice for a couple of weeks and eventually you don't have to write it down anymore. But these are your reflections up front. That's why I say auditing is so powerful. And it might sound hokey and stupid. And like, well, Jeremy, I'm not going to write that down. I'm like, well, then make mental notes. But sometimes like we are quick to forget. I always give the example in college. Like I'd go out, you know, on a Saturday night and, and you know, end up taking, you know, five shots of wild turkey and then, you know, pounded mine erasers at two in the morning and then I'd be home an hour later hugging the toilet wishing I would die puking and I was like I'm never gonna drink again please just make me feel better and then the next week and I'd be doing the same dumb shit so that's why I say if you write it down or even now with the phones you don't have to write it down you can make yourself a video like the next morning be like you're such an idiot you feel so shitty and it reminds you not to do those things again and sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's worth it like last night we went out over there you know, had a whiskey, had a beer, uh, had a great dinner uh, with these people, and it was awesome. And if I was asked myself right now, like, how do I feel? I feel fine. I'm tired because I stayed up, you know, later than I normally do because I'm like a 90-year-old man. I go to bed about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, so I stayed up later than normal. But would I do it again? Hell yeah. Uh, and why? Well, because it was fun. And it was a great time with, with good friends and good people. And what did I learn is that I can control myself. And the only thing I probably would have done different is drink even more water. So I was more hydrated this morning than when I woke up because typically when you're with friends, you're not drinking as much water as I normally do. And I was busy here all day, but I think it's, it's a practice you guys should follow for a, a couple weeks. And each time you say yes to something, you'll be better at it and you'll get a better feel uh, for what's worth it and what's not worth it. And that's why I always go back to, is the juice worth the squeeze? And sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't, but over time, it'll become a new skill that'll help you balance, you know, the yeses and the nos. And if you're a person like me, you probably say no more than yes. If you're a person who, you know, wants to be more social and kind of go, you probably say yes more than no. 
but it really comes just down to what you genetically can get away with, what makes you feel good, and what's in line with your goals. The second skill is just reframing your habits. And by the time a lot of people reach their weight loss goals, they find themselves getting restless. They know how to stick to their food and their exercise habits, but it's not as exciting. It's not as challenging. It's not as interesting anymore. And the result is they start to let the healthy habits slide, for lack of a better term. And that's where a little reframing can make a world of difference. So the dial method is something that, that PN has put up before. And uh, Heather and I have talked about it on other podcasts. And basically the dial method is all the habits that have helped you reach your goals. And again, when I'm saying like fat loss and, and weight loss, and even if you guys have never got into that, I'm talking any goals in your life. Like they can be dialed up or dialed down depending on what's going on in your life. So if you're successful in your career, you can take this and you can apply it to that. That's why I think fitness is, is one of the greatest things there is in eating and training because it is so applicable to all other goals that we've accomplished and achieved. And a lot of these do cross-reference. The, the, the only difference here, it's harder because you have to eat right and train forever if you want to look and move and feel a certain way it's really tough you can't just you know say i was a pro athlete and then at 28 retire and then be 48 and still be fit uh no offense like i love charles barkley chuck does not look anything like his playing days and i don't expect him to but that's an example of somebody who like really let it slide like crazy and so when you use that kind of dial method in your life you can move it up or down depending on what's going on so when he was obviously a pro athlete he had it turned all the way up now that he's just a broadcaster, you know, living the life, he's clearly turned it all the way down. Most of you are going to be somewhere in between. So, for instance, maybe your your weight loss and, and fat loss workout routine looked like um, this dial here. So I'm going to go through kind of the, the phases of what it's going to be. And for a lot of people, they start with just going for walks. Then I'm going to go like 1 through 10, right? Like going for a walk would be like number 1. Number two is like taking the stairs. Number three is like a 10-minute workout next to bed. Number four is like a reasonable, challenging workout, which I think a lot of people, this is your kind of sweet spot. You're doing three legit 30-minute workouts every single week. And then number five, I think, is where most people should be at if you can be like optimal average health. That means three legit like 30-minute sessions a week, like three kind of little Metcons or three total body little lift sessions or, or a hybrid of the, of the two. And then like doing a daily 20-minute walk. On top of that, I think that's most people. That's like a five on the scale of 10, right? And then six would be like three one-hour workouts in the gym plus a daily walk. And then number seven would be doing the gym four times a week plus hour plus hiking on the weekends. And then you can see how it goes up from there with number 10 being probably like intense daily training, like tactical military stuff. Like you're trying to get into ranger school or buds or you're like a crazy fitness person like me where it becomes your whole life. But I think most of you are going to be somewhere in the middle. And that's why I talk about that dial where some days it might just be a walk in the park. And then some days it might be like this super intense, crazy ass training in different seasons of your life. You might have the dial turned somewhere else, but you have to really put in order to accommodate what your goals are and what you want to do. And if you had to dial down in other areas of your life to reach your fitness goals, you might have to do that, like socializing, um, sleeping more, not doing as, as many happy hours and those types of things. And the, and the one way to make healthy living feel more exciting is knowing that 
weight loss and fat loss isn't the only goal and the priority. That's why I say the things like the Tough Mudders and the Spartan races and the hikes and just getting involved in things you actually enjoy is key. And that's where you're going to play with the dial there. And so for some of you, if you've been, you know, so gung-ho and so crazy, maybe you can dial down your nutrition habits slightly and dial up your sleeping habits. Or maybe it's the other opposite. Well, your sleep is fine, but your eating is shit. Well, then you can kind of dial those eating habits up a little bit to see where you're going. And it's going to vary across the board of what works for you guys, but just you have to understand it's the, 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 deep, the deep health. And all these things affect everything else in life. That's why I, we have a, a success wheel, which we've done a podcast on that too, in our 47 Day Transformation. And Heather and I have talked about the deep health, when it's like your relational, your mental, your environmental, your emotional, your physical. You can't give 100% to every area of your life every single day all the time. It just really isn't possible. You have to understand that like your weight and your body composition is going to fall under like the the physical health domain right but there are also like five other domains where you can still make progress and that's why we get so hung up on on weight loss and and fat loss i'm not a fan of the scale we have a podcast on it why it sucks because even if your physical body isn't looking exactly the way that you want you can still be making great progress in your emotional health and your mental health and your relational health and all the other areas of your life and you simply have to identify, you know, the, the one domain you want to work on and create some new practices there. And a lot of times they're going to leak over to the other ones. And that's the key is just really understanding what is going to get you from point A to point B. And the bottom line is you have to expand your view of health beyond what's just going on with your weight. You have to really expand your view of your health. It goes far beyond just what your weight is. And there's nothing wrong with caring about fat loss and weight loss and body composition. And obviously, if you're 400 pounds, that's probably going to be at the the, the forefront of what's going on. But it can't be everything. And we get so hung up on just the vanity metrics of it. That's why I say, look at your overall health. You might, honestly, you might see people who, who look super fit, but emotionally, they're a train wreck. Their relationships are shit, and mentally, they're just fucked in the head. And they're still playing the comparison game and they have body dysmorphia and all these crazy things. And so that's why we talk about like the deeper health. And that's why here we try to coach the entire body, the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional sides of fitness. And all these things wrap up us being a healthy person. It's not just what we look like, even though I think that's part of the problem. And obviously Alan Cosgrove posted that the other day, just about how, you know, maybe we as a profession have done a disservice because people sometimes think of just you know uh, trainers and coaches and gyms and fitness facilities as just you know a place where you get six-pack abs and in a great butt and like bulging biceps and it's just not true very few places coach it that way and there's some do and there's nothing wrong with it if you're going to a bodybuilding aesthetics type gym and that's the environment and the culture that's super cool it's just that's not the end-all be-all and for most of us that's not it it's part of it for all of us for sure but Learning how to sleep better, learning how to eat better, learning better time management skills, improving your mobility, being part of a community, making friends, being a nicer person, making fitness part of your life, not making fitness your entire life. That's the key. And so I can't say that enough, and I'll say this to the day I die. Your health and, and fitness and how successful you are really is not connected to just your weight. So please understand that. The third skill, 
before I let you kids go here. You have to use that deep reason for motivation. You have to really have that thing that cuts fucking deep, that makes you just want to do it over and over and over again. And pursuing the, the status quo, like, oh, I'm just going to lose weight here, it's anticlimactic, and it's never going to get you there. I've met very few people who have done it just for vanity reasons. I've met people who have done it in the short term for vanity and become ridiculously shredded. Some people in their 50s who look, you know, better than most, you know, shredded 20-year-olds because they just, they have the most maturity, they put the work in, they've done it. But it's it's very short-lived because it's, once you get there, you're like, okay, well, now what? Now what's the next goal? And that's why I say a lot of times, I'm a, I'm a fan of goal setting for sure, but Setting the goal is fine. I'm more a fan of the processes of how do we get to the goals once we're there. If you know, my wife, uh, my, she was texting me. We're at a, again, we went out last night with some friends. My homie Mike, he's got his, a beautiful house. That's what he does for a living. Uh, so it's like he has the sickest pool I've ever seen. It's just super dope. It's like two pools, like water falling down. He's got the, the guy's the sickest backyard like of all time. And uh, so my wife, and she like, she's into design and stuff and those things. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a basic dude. I could live in, I could basically live in this building and I'd be okay. Uh, but so she's like sending me these houses today and obviously they're not cheap and, uh, I'm looking at them and it's cool to have a goal if that's, you know, what, what she wants to do and I want to do and we communicate together. But all I think about is the process. What's the process to getting there? And what does that process look like? How much, you know, stress does it cause? How much freedom does it take away? Is it any harder to do? You know, how do we, what are we going to do each day, each week, each month, each year to get there? And what's the deeper reason for us wanting to move houses? What's the deeper reason for her to want to climb the corporate ladder? What's the deeper reason for me to want to run a business? What's the deeper reason for me to want to be this level of body fat? And that's why I say the goals are oftentimes anticlimactic. It's like anything I have, and I'm terrible at celebrating that. It's just me personally. You reach something and you're like, well, now what? Okay, well, I got the Ferrari, well, now what? I got the house, now what? I got six-pack abs, now what? That's why I say the goal has to be deep because it's going to have to keep, you know, remotivating you over and over and over again. Or you're going to have to find that external motivation, but it has to connect to something inside of you that drags you out of bed every day, that pulls you in here, like me, for example, on a Sunday morning to do it day in and day out over and over and over again for, you know, 15 plus years. And the example I'd give is like, you know, on New Year's Day, most people, and it's, or Mondays, Mondays is magic too for a lot of people for some reasons they think it is. On New Year's Day, most people don't say, hey, I think I'll shoot for no improvements this year in my life. Nobody says that. Everybody's super hyped and super jacked on New Year's, right? And by someone waking up and saying, hey, I think I'll shoot for no improvements this entire year, that's how maintenance can feel, right? Like, especially if you've made a tremendous pr- progress with weight loss and fat loss already, or especially if you've been on a fitness journey for, for so long, the result is, you know, people who have gotten used to having a clear goal in sight might feel lost, confused, or even a little discouraged. And whether you're talking about food choices or, or workout habits or reminding yourself, you know, that your goal is to stay exactly the same, it's, it's not super motivating. And so, 
that's why I say connecting to a deeper reason, especially if you get to a place where you're kind of like happy with your body and where you're at. And some people aren't, some people aren't, but that's the yo-yo effect. A lot of you listening, and that's, when I say maintaining, I don't mean maintaining where you are today. If you guys aren't happy with where you're at, if the, the, the pandemic season has messed with your training and your eating and your drinking and your sleeping, which I think for all of us it has, at some point there was probably a time where you were super jacked and hyped to be where you're at. Or you're at least like, this was my, whatever your prime is for you right? Like what was your prime season of life when you were 24, when you were 32, when you were 41 and you had been training and eating and everything was going right and you had a goal? If you just thought to yourself, well, I'm going to stay exactly the same. That's not super motivating. We're always trying to learn and to grow and to improve. And I believe if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, for lack of a better term. And we're never staying the same. That's the key. Father time's always catching up to you. And so either you're making progress or you're not. That's it. Like, you can't, I think of life as like it's uphill and you're not going to, you don't coast uphill. You got to either fight and crawl or you literally just roll back and back and back. And that's what I mean, you know, connecting to a deeper reason. And that's one motivational strategy that can help you go, you know, when you don't have this big, shiny, exciting goal. And so identifying the deep reason for wanting to be in the shape you're in or even just live a healthy lifestyle and remind yourself of that frequently over and over and over again. Why do you want to be this healthy? Why do you want to be this fit? Why do you want to keep putting in the work day after day after day? And so I'm going to share with you like these five why exercises that can help people identify a more meaningful purpose. And the five whys start with a a simple question. Why do I want to accomplish this? And I think this can go for anything. That's why I talk about things in this podcast that have, you know, nothing to do with fitness, but the home you want to live in, whether that be the size, the value, the the neighborhood, the the car you want to drive, right? The job you want to have, where do you want to live? How do you, you know, the school you want to graduate from, or you want your kids to go to, um, or why you want to send them there. It starts with a real simple question, like, why do I want to accomplish this? And in this case, you might start with something more specific, like, why do I want to be this healthy? Why do I want to be this lean? Why do I want to be this fit? Why do I want to be this rich? And then whatever answer you come up with, ask why again, and so on, and five times until you get to the heart of what's really behind the goal. Why do you want to live in this house? Why do you want to make this much money? Why do you want to have six-pack abs? I think... We sometimes just throw things out there, but we don't dig deeper. And we're the only mammals that can have thoughts about our thoughts. And so you can go. It's I'm thinking of like, I just watched Inception the other night. So I'm thinking it's like you're like a dream within a dream within a dream. You're just going deeper and deeper and deeper to ask yourself like, why the fuck do I really want to do this? And what what is it going to do for me? What am I going to have to give, give up to get it? And is the juice really worth the squeeze for me? So whatever answer you come up with, that will be what's really behind the goal. And that will decide like how deep it really cuts. And an example of like what your why would look like, right? Like you're, why do you want to be this level of fitness, right? So if you're at like level three of fitness, you want to be like at level eight of fitness because you want to be more fit and mobile enough to play with your kids and your grandkids because that time is so precious to you and it's precious to them. Or you want to be able you know, to go on adventures with your partner because the experiences strengthen your guys' bonds as people. 
or you want to enjoy a high quality of life for as long as you can because you saw how poorly it affected your mom and your dad because they were fat and sick and overweight and they couldn't travel and they have so much regret because of it. And some of mine, if I'm being, you know, on front street here with you guys, I do want to be this fit because I feel like it is a gift that I have and I feel like I have an obligation to share it with all of you guys and so I can display movements and exercise and you can see the muscles work and you know obviously partially we do it for marketing because the shirtless stuff just is better and I, I don't really care for that part of fitness but people get motivated by seeing movement people get motivated by seeing people who are fit and who are accomplishing things and people who work hard I get motivated by seeing it. I'm not a runner, and I watch David Goggins fucking run, and partially because I want to hear him talk because it's, it's amazing and it's comical. But I just see him moving, and I'm like, well, he's out moving. I better do the same thing. And that's why the fitness friends of mine, like whether it be like a BJ or a Lex or Hannah or whoever, I'm like, oh, well, they're sharing workouts. I'm like, shoot, she's going through a little kettlebell flaw, I might do it. Or like a Colleen Fosh. I'm like, no, the other day she was like pushing a bobsled. I'm like, well, shit. I guess I better go push a sled. You know, it's just like you, you see these things. And partially for me like why do I want to be this fit well it's what I do for a living I want to lead from the front I always want to set the best example possible to show people it can change your life it can change your mood it can be part of who you are and people are inspired by that people are motivated by that and you guys have the same power yeah my audience might be bigger but if you're if you're inspiring to your kids if you're inspiring to your spouse to your family members, if you get them motivated to eat better, train better, and be more mobile, then you are making the world a better place. That might be a big enough thing for you. One of mine, again, personally, is so I can go on adventures with my partner. So we can go do fun stuff with our friends. Like we hiked the Grand Canyon with clients who are here. Like we've hiked Mount Humphreys with them. Like we've, honestly, like I've, I've dragged, you know, I just dragged my mom and Dave uh, hiking in Sedona. Like it's all cool stuff that we've done. Those are all memories with us. Like when, when Heather and I go zip lining, when Heather and I are going, you know, uh, kayaking and Costa Brava in, in Spain, like when we're paddle boarding with the sharks and stingrays in uh, Tahiti and all these cool things that if I wasn't fit, I won't be able to do. We couldn't share those. Now she's more adventurous than me. She'll, I've been snowboarding. I, she, I can't hold a candle to her, so I'm not trying to die anymore or get hurt. But like we, when we go boating and it's like, you know, wakeboarding and snowboarding and all these things, or we do all these ridiculous, you know, crazy hikes, it strengthens our bond as people. And so if I wasn't this fit, I couldn't do that. And a lot of you, I think you're missing out on some of those things too. Now that might not be your deep why, but it's part of mine. And I think that makes a relationship stronger. And I think it just builds a bond of people around you. And that's, what's pretty cool. And so your meaning and your purpose can replace weight loss and become your new big shiny goal. And that's the takeaway here. Your meaning and your purpose is going to replace just the weight loss or fat loss or dress size or pant size or just getting abs as your new big shiny goal. And it's something to strive for because you have meaning and purpose behind it. I think if you look at your life from a broader scope, it can be the same way if you're just chasing you know, a house or cars or, or watches or purses and those things. And there's nothing wrong with that but have a meaning and a purpose behind it. That's the takeaway. And you can have a clear reason to do the hard stuff when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's still hard, but you find yourself doing it over and over and over again because you're 
connecting to this deeper meaning and purpose that also helps you avoid getting caught up in the day-to-day bullshit, like the ups and downs of the scale, for example, if that's what we're talking about. And you'll always have, you know, a gut check available to help you decide whether you're on the right track. And you can ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now aligning with my purpose and aligning with my goals? And if not, are you okay with that? It's always self-questioning. And I maybe I'm just a crazy person because I walk around all day just talking shit in my own head. Like, I feel like I have these internal comments. Like, I don't know if you guys, maybe I'm literally a crazy person. But the fact that I'm even asking that makes me feel like I'm not crazy. But what I'm saying is, like, I'll walk around all day and I'll go, hey, man, you shouldn't eat this today. You should do this today. Is this what you're supposed to do? I'm tired. Maybe I should just lay here and sleep and rest. Maybe I should actually just get up and do it. Are you really tired? Or are you just bullshitting yourself? Like I have these conversations in my head all day long about everything. And most of them come down to, you know, is, hey, what are you doing today that's aligning with your goals and your purpose and your reason for doing this? And if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm like, were you okay with not doing this today? Is, can this, is this something that can wait because it has to? Or are you bullshitting yourself? And when you start with the self-questioning and you have those gut check moments of asking yourself, hey is, hey, is what I'm doing today aligning with my goals and my purpose? And if it's not, you're okay with it. And if you're not okay with it, you've got a pretty compelling reason to circle back to your habits and adjust them as you need to. And so I think if you put all those three skills together... You're going to help build like a self-trust and that's the biggest key is, is you trust yourself and developing a trust in yourself is a lifelong pursuit. It really is, man. And it takes some time to develop and there's no single experiment or practice that can necessarily get you there overnight. But self-trust is the ultimate weight maintenance skill. It's the ultimate to get you to be where you want to be at. And in some ways, I believe it's the ultimate life skill and that comes down with self-awareness. And know yourself if you're selling yourself some bullshit uh, and calling yourself on it or you're pushing yourself to reach your full potential to fulfill your legacy and to be the best version of who you are. Because again, if, if we're talking fat loss and, and weight loss here, you know, a lifelong weight maintenance or a lifelong health management plan, you've got to make a transition from having this, you know, diehard, I can never do anything regiment planned in place to one that gives you some more flexibility and that requires you relaxing your mind for a little bit but also you know really pushing yourself to get everything you want to get so you have to be more flexible in your thinking and trusting yourself to be able to course correct uh, as need be and that's what a lot of people really struggle with you know again i think for a lot of us Combine these three skills is going to enable you to tackle whatever comes your way. And uh, as a bonus, if you can put them together, you're going to develop an ability to sense your ever-changing needs. And better yet, uh, you'll be able to do something about them as they go. And again, everybody goes through different phases of life. Some people, at some point in your life, you might work out for three hours a day to get there. And, and then once the season of life changed, you did something different that, you know, was more manageable for the long haul, was more realistic and wasn't, uh, you know, eating up your whole day. Like I've shared this before, like I used to work out for probably two hours a day when I was in my early twenties, like a dipshit. 
And uh, now I can get so much more done with less. And because I have more obligations with, you you know, friends and family and obviously, you know, with business here, uh, I can't do as much. And honestly, that's not sustainable for, for life. My my joints won't take it. There's only so many fitness checks I can cash. And then you have to start asking yourself, you know, are these things aligning with my goals? Are these things, you know, that are going to get me happy in all the areas of my life? And only you guys can answer that. But I think if we recap here super quickly, just understand, one, you have to shift from a place of no all the time to sometimes saying yes. And that's if you were like die hard and now you're trying to find some kind of balance. And only you guys uh, know where that is. The second thing, you have to really be willing to reframe your habits and understand what's truly important to you, which obviously leads us you know, to the last one. Use your deeper reason for motivation that thing that cuts deep that thing that's going to make you get up on the days you want to get up and push you on the days where just like you're just really dragging ass and i know that's tough man and it's easy to be motivated on the days where it's sunny and your workout music is on you get the perfect outfit and everything's going right but it's tough on the days where it's cloudy and it's cold and you know you got cut off in traffic and your boss is an asshole and your kids are going crazy but you just got to show up on those days and that's why i always say there has to be a deeper reason than just well i want to look good because I don't think that gets a lot of people there. And so if we're talking, you know, weight loss versus weight maintenance and, you know, why the strategies that, you know, get you the results might not help you keep them, these would be the three things that hopefully can help you guys end the cycle of yo-yoing and just, you know, starting and stopping and starting and stopping, whether it be, you know, fat loss or weight loss or any other goal in your life. You just, you really got to know what you're doing it for and why you're doing it and what other processes you have to put in place every single day to get there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, just something real, it, it seems basic. You know, people will say this all the time. Well, it's just, you know, move more and eat less. Um, yeah, if it was that simple, we'd all be super fit. We'd all just buy a diet book or a cookbook and we'd join a, a gym and we'd all look amazing. But it's a lot deeper than that. And uh, I think now we're starting to realize like how essential health and fitness really is in life. And not It baffles me that we haven't done this before. But now I think due to all this and hopefully moving forward, we stop trying to vilify like gyms and places of exercise and not really giving them the importance that they should have in the world because obviously you can see how many people are obese and suffer from heart disease and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes and people say well they could just work out at home and eat better I'm like yeah anybody can but very few people do because they really just think it's about making some simple food choices and exercise choices and on the surface level for sure it is and in in theory it sounds super easy but in application it's ridiculously hard because most people have not yet built a foundation of skills they can rely on to lose weight and even if they do the harder part for most people is keeping it off almost anybody can drop 20 pounds 
most people listening to this right now have already made a shift and dropped 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. And some of you have, have dropped it and gained it back and dropped it and gained it back 25 times already in your life. Because maybe you just didn't think about the skills yet or shift your mindset uh, to get to a place where you had something that reminded you every single day of why it was so important to lose it and keep it going for the long haul. And hopefully this podcast uh, helped a little bit. So I appreciate you guys for listening as always. If you have specific requests for the podcast, uh, I'm happy to record it. I am working here probably later next week to start getting uh, a regular rotation of guests back on here since the world is uh, appearing to start to roll in a normal direction, which will be super cool. So I'll bring you guys some, some fun, interesting folks. You don't have to hear me ramble on as much. So that is on the docket. And again, a reminder, if you guys want to check out the Beam CBD products that I take, uh, the Dream specifically is what I've been on lately. I'm happy to shoot you guys a 20% off code for that to help you with better quality sleep, more restorative sleep. And honestly, I do feel it helps with the inflammation in the body, which is always a good thing to have less of uh, it dragging you down every single day. And if you guys really want to try some of the Dream stuff, I might have some caps here in the office. We're just reorganizing our office. If you can watch on YouTube, you can see it. I'm happy to send the caps right to your front door. You can try some, see if it works for you, and then you can jump on the discount from there. But other than that, I got to get my own workout in here today. Our fasting group is actually kicking off here as well, and that's what is going on in my world. So reminder, if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that because we're posting stuff over there every single week. And if you happen to be on an iPhone right now, stop don't be a lazy ass. Go to the podcast app, scroll your finger all the way down. It's going to take you 20 seconds. Click that five star, write me a couple of comments. I truly would appreciate it. Even a sentence uh, is fine and share this with a friend or family member you think it can help. And uh, I appreciate it. And so you guys have an amazing rest of your Sunday. And if you need something, as always, just holler at me. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.